Get Ready to Rock Radio. And we say a very warm welcome from Get Ready to Rock to Delane's Charlotte. Hello, Charlotte. Hello, good evening. And uh, nice to hear your voice there. You're speaking from Utrecht, I think, in Holland. Yes, I am. Now, tell us about um, the new album, and in particular your recent signing to um, uh, Napalm Records in Austria. Um, Tell us what happened with Roadrunner. Well, Roadrunner, I've got very fond memories of our our time with Roadrunner. Uh, We um, were actually in a very good, uh, very good, you know, working together, working relationship. But um, at one moment, they got sold to Warner's, and then we got into a situation where actually neither the band had chosen for the record company, and they hadn't chosen us. So we came out of a very good marriage with Roadrunner Records, and then, yeah, yeah, we were just in a situation that nobody had chosen for. And it asked a lot of compromises, both for them and for us, and we are way too stubborn as artists to deal with, well, compromises, basically. So it didn't really work out, and um, yeah, it didn't work out, unfortunately. And then uh, once we were with our label, there was actually interest from quite some labels, and we were really enthusiastic about Napalm because contrary to what we've experienced with Warner, um, they were just really enthusiastic about, you know, not what we could be if we changed this and this and that, but, uh, you know, what we actually are, and this is a... <laughs> very good feeling for a band, you know, to have a record company that's so excited about, you know, the things that we do. And and it seems very strange because we'll talk about your your progress since uh, two thousand and five. Um, you know that such a label would, you know, frankly let you go like that because um, you have been building your audience over the last um, well the last ten years really I suppose, but more recently, you know, you've been touring constantly, getting great reaction to. Uh, the recent albums, so I suppose people will find that rather. I suppose it's a sign of the times, we would say in England, really, uh, Charlotte. You know, regardless of our progress, I mean, um, a, a label like uh, Warner is just—they um, want too much too soon, and they would rather have. I, well, I'm not sure they, but let's just say that a lot of big mainstream. Uh, labels in general would rather have you sell your soul for a commercial track and have a very, you know, successful thing than, you know, actually building uh, upon what we do. And then, and that's really our style, you know. We just want to continue and grow. And, of course, we want a lot of people buying our albums as, as much as the next band, but we want to keep our integrity while doing it. Yeah. Like I said, we are too stubborn to compromise so much. So, and I guess they would have wanted that we did. Um, but uh, no, actually, the things that we've released so far is all things that we very much uh, support ourselves, and I think we were happy with it. But maybe um, some other people not as much as we were. Let's say um, that the thing that was suggested we should do was much more commercial, and the thing that we've done was not commercial enough. But we we never wanted to give in to that, you know, too much um, commercial stance of. Yeah, we huh. just didn't like that. I mean, it just no, it just it just didn't feel right, you know. Don't want to be like sellouts. Thing is, I I've got I've got a very commercial taste in music, and I I and for me it was kind of hard to hard to believe that I actually wanted. I mean, a track like "Are You Done with Me," which is going to be our next single, I think that is very much um, suitable to like a mainstream audience. So and. 
I so I I don't I really don't see the problem. I really don't see that we should take it that much further. I just think that you should reach people with your music that are interested in your music and not try to you know to push it onto everybody who doesn't want it. It's yeah. I've always been surprised with my commercial tasting music that it wasn't commercial enough. <laughs> Now, the band formed around about a decade or so ago by yourself and the one-time Within Temptation keyboard player Martin uh, Westerholtz, but it's only comparatively recently that I think you've achieved that wider success that all bands crave, really. Um, Would you say, Charlotte, the early years of the band were were quite difficult to get things established, and really, when when you did sign up for your album in 2005 with, um, again, with Roadrunner, was that a, a big turning point for you? Well, to be honest, I mean, um, my time when he left Within Temptation, he uh, he had these health problems, which made that he couldn't easily play in a band anymore, but he always kept on writing music. And he has done some things under the name uh, Delane um, before we even knew each other. Uh, but it was very different. So we we often say that, you know, Delane really started around that time um when uh well it was it was it was some time before we got signed with roadrunner and and uh when Martin approached me, he was already talking to record labels, and I think it was like half a year or a year until we got signed to roadrunner. I actually think that was the most easy time because all was fresh and new and um yeah and 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 i think I think the most challenging time actually was um was the time running up to the release of We Are The Others because there were so many people involved uh, from so many different sides. I mean, from from the record company that we were not, like, 100% uh, satisfied with. And um, so I actually think that the hardest time was uh, quite recently, and I think that now with, you know, signing to signing to Napalm, having... having um, uh, a lot of tours this year. I actually think now we're getting back into the fun times. So, um, yeah, and I know that uh, that uh, selling or or you know uh, traveling the world and touring it, that is a sign of success. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you know you can pay the bills from that. So actually, it's still. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think the most challenging time is this time where there's a lot asked from a band um and you kind of basically put all your effort and energy and passion into the band uh while still also having a day job <laughs> lots of us. Oh. So um so I yeah, I think I think in the beginning it was uh, it was it was all very new and exciting and we had I think we've had our rough, our rough patch, you know, before We Are The Others. We had all the classical things you find in books or biographies from, from artists where they feel like they're getting screwed over or whatever. And, and um, So I, I think that's all behind us now, and we can now just continue uh, the, the fun part. And I just hope that we can, you know, gradually build our audiences and... Um, 
and have fun in doing the thing we love and making music and oh that's good and i should say to listeners that uh, you know in that period i think that you're talking about really where perhaps uh, you were going through various sort of changes in terms of you had a couple of lineup changes i think with with bass and guitar and uh, I think we should point out also that the debut album, because people may well want to investigate that um, going back to 2006, it wasn't quite Delane as we know it now, was it? Because you had various people contributing. I don't think you did all the vocals on that album, did you? No, no the interesting thing is actually the one Martin approached me. I, I think I was 16 back then, um, 2005. He approached me to, to, to write some some vocal lines and and uh, and lyrics for this project that he was working on. It was just the idea that it would be a one-time thing. It would be an album with guest musicians, like this all-star idea, all people from the scene that he's known through his history with, with Intemptation. And um, and actually, we were just having so much fun. that And, and our cooperation, you know, in... in um, in writing also was so good that at one point he said, you know, maybe we should have like some sort of one main vocalist in the band and that became me. And from that point on, we were kind of the duo in a project. But then the album was released and actually, I think even before the album was released, you know, just when we had the songs, we had the result of, of the efforts that we put into Lucidity, we thought this this also is not enough. We should have a band. We should be able to perform. And um, I think with all the the positive energy, also maybe from making the music, Martin's health got a bit better, and it all certainly became realistically possible to have a band because the only reason that we, we didn't from the start envision this as a band uh, or that he didn't envision it as a band is, you know, because he didn't think it would be possible. But then... It became possible, and um, yeah, April Rain, which was our second record, which was our first record that we made as a real band, so to speak. Now, you mentioned, uh, Charlotte, that uh, you were just 16 when you were spotted. Now, tell me the story there, because were you singing somewhere or with another band? I Yes, I was. I think ever from uh, from when I went to... High school, I, I got very much into music. It was a very uh, school with uh, a lot of culture uh, uh, projects, cultural projects in it. There was a big band, there was an orchestra, there was a choir. There was there was just a lot of stimulation to get uh, to get the kids to to do music, and I did. I, I was in all those programs, and I um, I played clarinet back then. So <laughs> I also did the choir, did like the the orchestras and the, and the big bands and everything. And at one point, I started singing in the big bands, and I really liked that. And I had this friend, and she played guitar, and we did singer songwriter things together. And we, you know, we um, we performed at open stage nights in our town, and and then we also started a band together. And then you know, some people started another band and. Basically, when you know, when I was fourteen, I was in uh, in, in in eight bands at the same time. So um, uh, yeah, I I was just in a lot of projects, and I remember I I took classical lessons at one point, and I basically learned how to sing really high. And that was right at the time when this whole Beauty and the Beast uh, grunts with high vocals stuff was very very popular. I did one performance, and the next day I got a text from this metal band in my hometown called Two Elysium. And they asked me to replace their singer, which had left them. And I never recorded an album with them, and I only did a few shows. But that is the thing that kind of got me into this uh, more metal um, scene. And then they asked me to do 
uh, rock opera, and they also asked Martijn to arrange a song in this rock opera. So I guess there he heard me sing uh, for the first time, and then basically he came to this rehearsal space in our hometown, because we're from the same hometown. And then he gave me a CD, and then he said, maybe you can see if you can do something. And then I did, and I rode my Dutch bicycle to his house to to say what I had done. And I said, maybe I should sing it so you can hear what goes where for the the star singer which is going to sing it in the end. And then, yeah, I I guess he liked it, and our cooperation was very well. And then from there, you know, we kind of continued to work together. It's worked out great, hasn't it? But um, yeah, it has. Yeah. Now, I mean, I am sort of aware that because um, I've spoken with Dutch musicians in the past, and they always sometimes sense, you know, you sense a, a frustration um, that they uh, they feel really because it's a small country. I mean, how does it feel to someone like yourself in Holland? It's a small country in terms of getting your music out there. Um, is it very important, really, to? make the leap and uh, start playing in the UK and obviously the States. But do you feel it's a bit of a hindrance, uh, the Dutch music scene? I do think that, like, the Dutch music scene is really small and, and, you know, there is not room for, like, a big subculture in music. So I do think, like, for example, um, we don't even... We have one... Yeah, we have we have alternative music magazines, but it's it's nothing like... I mean, when I went to the UK, I saw countless uh, music magazines for like alternative music and and uh teen magazines for 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 metal music like mo- most most magazines for like the louder music are directed to you know an older generation in Holland and i just think that it's much more alive in a lot of other countries i don't think it really has to do with the size of holland maybe it's more the mentality because like i mentioned i mean we're a small country but we have a lot of people living here so um I, yes, I do think it is important for us as a band to um, to actually reach beyond the borders of Holland. A lot of a lot of Dutch mainstream acts they only make it in Holland, and they try to to make the leap to to you know Germany or maybe France or the UK, and they have a very hard time doing so. But that's actually the good thing about being in this. Um, in this kind of niche in music, because you have pe- people that like our kind of music, they you know they search the internet for bands all over the world, and that way it's not limited to what country do you come from. So I actually maybe maybe it's a good thing that we're in this niche because it allows us to actually cross borders. Yeah, you're right, and I think going back to the idea of the. Um the the Dutch situation, it it could be something to do with the musical culture because I think. Um, you know, there's a sort of traditional um, pop music culture, really, in Holland. And I think um, uh, what you're saying, really, is that uh, you're in a little nice niche, which is obviously, it's got much wider appeal, really, outside of Holland. It's an international um, sound, isn't it, really? You know, it appeals internationally. Yeah. Which leads me to the question about your appearance in May at the Dames of Darkness, because that's like an international festival of, I'm assuming, Charlotte, it's female-fronted bands. Yes, I'm assuming the same. Otherwise, the name would be rather misleading. <laughs> but it would be strange, wouldn't it? <laughs> if it wasn't. <laughs> but that, I have to say that uh, that appears to be your only UK appearance this year, because I know you're touring early next year. Uh, you seem to be... You're going to the States, aren't you, for much of this year? 
Yeah, we are in, in September. We're joining Camelot on like a full-blown USA tour, which is really awesome because we've never been there for more than like a festival. So uh, really exciting and also really exciting to join with Intemptation early 2014. Um, yeah, and returning to the UK with them. Trying to maybe plan some extra shows in the UK, but we're, we're not quite there yet. But maybe we'll come back for some more. And let's get back now finally to the new album, which uh, includes... Uh, new songs, it has cover versions and it has live tracks and there must be a a reason I mean maybe this is tied in with the new deal with Napalm you you can tell me Charlotte, but sometimes bands release this type of release, uh, this type of album rather when they're perhaps between labels and you know, between albums really, Uh, what's the reason behind what's the reasoning behind this? We actually wanted to uh, release this record uh, before we even um, had to deal with uh, Napalm Close. The thing is that we uh, the, the we had we've collected a lot of material over um, well the recent years in in our career, and we've had the covers. And then during the We Are the Other sessions, we wrote these two tracks that we really liked but didn't quite fit on the album, which are the new tracks on Interlude, Colors and Suits, and uh, and uh, Breathe on Me. And basically, uh, over over the years, we collected all this material, and we thought um, this is too much to you know uh, to kind of divide over upcoming records, or to um, or to you know. Also, they didn't really like the, they didn't really feel like these side tracks to us. So we thought basically that these tracks they deserve the record of their own. And then we we took all the tracks that we had and we revamped them and we remixed them and we recorded some stuff. And then um, we had interlude. And, you know, it's also that when when we're writing a new studio album, I, I really like starting with like a... Um, with with nothing like with a with a with a white blank page of paper in front of me and um so I think it's nice that these songs which you know actually belong to um this time that we're in right now you know uh, after we are the others and that these tracks got like their own their own album in their own time and that yeah that feels kind of cool and I'm really happy that some of the tracks that I thought maybe wouldn't appear on an album got to be on this album so we that's kind of how it happened. Thank you for talking to Get Ready to Rock. And as I say, best of luck with the album and with your future tour dates as well. Thanks a lot and have a good night.